Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Jesus said there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distressed among nations. Confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves, people will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when the things come, begin to take place, stand up, raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place. And to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. If your start to December is anything like mine, I'm sure that you have lights that are on your house. Maybe your tree has already been placed uh, in the living room and decorated. Your calendar has begun to fill up with holiday parties and work parties and kids' programs. You have devoted yourself faithfully to the watching of Schmarmy movies on Hallmark <laughs> that are the most predictable story, and yet we watch every single one of them. You might have begun to listen to Christmas music on your radio station, wanting to kind of get into the spirit. Last night, my wife and I started December as it should be started by watching Christmas Vacation, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. You saw that it was St. Nick Sunday. So you come into church. You expect maybe that we're going to be singing Joy to the World or Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And instead we are singing songs of longing for a world to be made right. Seeing songs about a people who are in exile and who are lost, who are looking for redemption and salvation. Come into church and you're thinking that you're going to get Christmas, but instead you get Advent. The church year begins each, uh, each year with the end in sight. The church this morning proclaims that the world that we live in is not right. That the world that we live in is broken. 
that we fail to do the things that God would have us do, that, that, that all too often we get in the way of God's dream for this world. Rather than messages of ho, ho, ho and hark the herald, we get messages of lament and sadness. And I'm here to tell you that I think as a people, we need Advent more than we would like to think that we do. As much as I enjoy Christmas vacation, it will not soothe the balm of my soul that hurts when I see what human beings are able to do to one another. As much as I enjoy listening to the great Christmas carols, it will not fix what is broken in our world. No number of parties, no amount of alcohol, no amount of good food will solve the longing of this world for redemption and healing and peace. Fleming Rutledge in her recent book about Advent says this, the uniqueness of Advent is that it really forces us more than any other season to, even more than Lent, she says, to look deeply into what is wrong with the world and why the best laid plans don't work out the way that we meant them to, why our greatest hopes are confounded and why things happen the way they do and why sometimes it is difficult for us to see God acting. Two Sundays ago, we heard the story of Jesus and his disciples entering into Jerusalem and the last week of Jesus' life. And even today, when you go to Jerusalem and you go near the temple, even though it is in, 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 in shambles, it is a sight to behold. Some of us who were pilgrims this last March, as that first day when we arrived to Jerusalem and we were making that long trek up, I will be honest with you, the thought that I was joining the path of millions and millions and millions of other pilgrims who have also come to a place of holiness and sacredness caused something to well up within me. And the disciples are walking around the city of Jerusalem like, wow, look how amazing this temple is. Look how giant these stones are. This, this is incredible. And Jesus looks and goes, yeah, uh, but it's all coming down. And the disciples, whoa, 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 no, no, like, look how big this stone is. I mean, Jesus, like, and Jesus goes, yep, it's going to. It's going to come down, but, but the good news, disciples, is that it's, uh, you know, I, I endure at least. <laughs> so the disciples want to know, well, Jesus, when's this going to happen? Jesus, oh, well, when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't be terrified, because this has to take place. Ah. <sighs> Nation will rise against nation. He says kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be earthquakes and famines, plagues, dreadful portents, and great signs from the heavens. But before this happens, they're going to arrest you, persecute you. They're going to hand you over to the nations. They're going to put you into prison. You are going to have to be, go before kings and governors because of my name. 
It's like a Hallmark card written right there. (laughs) The early Christians understood these things, these warnings that Jesus was talking about in their own life experiences. You know, we are shielded as Americans in that, that, that even though we live in a pluralistic society, Christianity has historical privilege in our society where really there's very little downside to being Christian in our country. Now, you go to other parts of the world and being a Christian really has some cost to it. But in the earliest days after Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, to be a follower of Jesus was to be an enemy of the state in which you lived in. To be one who is blaspheming against God. And it could have meant your very life by choosing to follow Jesus. Now, we don't have to, thankfully or unthankfully, have those kind of choices put before us. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't know what my choice would be. I think given, like, the one-off, I think I could, I think I could stand up. But the continual persecution at some point, do I really have the fortitude and strength to continue to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus? The earliest Christians saw this second coming, this time that we talk about in Advent, this coming in which Jesus would return to make the world right as strength and hope within their own lives, that even though I am being brought before governors and kings and having to testify, even though I am being excluded from the economies in which I live, I know and I trust and I believe that Jesus will make this right. So Jesus says, be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life that they uh, catch you unexpectedly. It's a trap for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert, praying that you may have the strength to escape these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. If you're like me, probably one of those core prayers that you pray is the Lord's Prayer. And each time we pray it, we pray that God would save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, as uh, when uh, apartheid was still going on in South Africa, uh, stood face to face uh, with Louis LaGrange, who is the Minister of Law and Order. And he said, Mr. Minister... You are not God. You are merely a man. And one day, your name will be a faint scribble on the pages of history, while the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord of church, will live forever. Now, we may not face the sort of persecution that our brothers and sisters around the world do, but if you're like me, there are times in which you worry. You worry about whether or not your retirement savings will get you all the way through retirement. You worry about whether you have enough money at the end of the month to pay your bills. You worry this season about whether you're going to forget somebody in your family and not get them a gift. You worry about whether or not you can buy the gifts so that your children will be pleased. You worry about the economy and what will it do in the coming year. We live in a world of perpetual worry. 
And so it's understandable, and I don't mean this to shame in any way, why we turn to the Christmas season. It helps mask it. Some great food, some spiked eggnog, some great Christmas movies. What more could anybody want? But what we want is the world to be right. What we want is the world to be just. What we want is Jesus to be here and now. And in that time, before it comes, Paul tells us in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He says for us to take on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand evil on the day, having done all to stand. To gird our loins with truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness. To take the shield of faith and to put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Jesus tells us that people will faint with fear and foreboding of what is coming. They will see the, great, the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And rather than having this day as a day of fear, he says, stand up, raise your head, because redemption is drawing near. The coming of Jesus to make the world right is something we should pray for, look for, work for. Because it is a day of good news and not of sadness. Advent is 25% getting ready for Christmas and 75% getting ready for the day of judgment. And if we don't understand that as good news, we're missing the point. Jesus did not come to say, hey, I want you to come to my birthday party. Jesus came to say, keep watch, for the redemption of the world is at hand. The light is dawning, my friends, and the day is near. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org and peace be with you.